0: We're going to be it's going to be 120 and in 4/4 four, four time for the on my end if that's okay. Okay. Um
1: well, yeah, that doesn't bother me. Just I want to know what key we're in.
0: In the key. Let me just check the key. A A flat minor? A flat minor? Okay. Well, that's going to be a bit I do not I don't I'm not happy about it either man. <laughs> What's your All right. Nerd quirk. Nerd question coming up. Favorite chord we've we've actually had this discussion
1: on the pod before i think
0: fuck we are really nerdy (laughs) yeah
1: i mean that's music nerdy though it's not like computer nerdy so i think you've still got some cool points that's true
0: uh different types of nerds you're right you know
1: i have started to really get into a bit of a, a sort of extended chord kind of vibe like I like a bit of a ninth or an 11th and stuff like a little I bit I love
0: a ninth I little love a little bit ninth. just
1: on the edge. just add a little bit on top you know
0: do you mean a ninth chord or just an add nine well you know I'll take it either way you know Tom York I mean it's so interesting hearing Tom York make music because he says he doesn't have any understanding of chords and I feel like he says, like, it's kind of freeing. Well, I can imagine how it is freeing not knowing the chords because my my brain, whenever I sit down at a at a piano, most of the time, and I'm just like trying to tinker away, trying to find something, I'm trying to not use chords that I know. That's, yeah, that's well, what that's I try, the thing, to right? Because your
1: fingers go into those positions and you're like, oh, I'm just doing like just a minor triad again. Why am I exactly? Why can't I? Yeah. Shake out of it. And bit. I
0: I wanna make new chords. But the thing is you don't the other thing you don't realise is that chords aren't the only thing about music and we we chat touched on this like last week. But they're I mean, you can have like an A minor to a C on a piano and then an A minor to a C on like a, a nice synth, and it will sound still sound really good, even though the notes aren't that, you know, out there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean it's it's one of so many aspects, isn't it? It's tonality, it's um it's the instruments chosen, it's the melody, it's the rhythm. Mm. I mean, yeah, you you are right that the, the combination of notes is an aspect of it, but it's not it's not the whole picture. Yeah. The, what, have, um,
0: what have you what where have you gone? Can you give us a little hint? Are we on, by the way? Are we on? Is this thing on? Wow. <laughs> this uh, um, this is like the uh the start of uh
1: I can't even think of the best example of a podcast no, that does this, that. No, this
0: is like when like a guest comes on, like yeah, oh yeah, yeah Joe yeah. Rogan. Oh, so have we started?
1: Yeah. Have we, oh, is this is this the, the podcast. The
0: beginning of the It's like yeah, yeah,
1: we've been rolling. Yeah,
0: this is the this is the thing. This is it. Oh man, that Bigler podcast is my new fave. I watched. I listened to one with John Mulaney the other day. That was oh, awesome. I have to listen to that. Maria Bamford he did, and she's just the best best one of the one of my top three comedians i gotta say yeah maria bamford um yeah he's a really good interviewer and i like how they do like my favorite thing is like comedians like all i listen to all the podcasts i listen to are just comedians talking to other comedians i love hearing comedians talk about comedy and they do a bit at the end of working it out which is mike babiglia's podcast check it out that they just go like uh um He's the new jokes I've written. Like, they test out material on each other.
1: The name of it is uh, working it out in the sense of, like, it is is comedians trying new bits and trying to work out an angle to how to, like, bump up a joke or, like, or whether it works or anything. Like, that's quite an interesting take that you don't get from those other comedians, um, interviewing comedians kind of podcasts.
0: Yeah, you kind of do. I mean, the the ones I the ones I listen to, you kind of do. But it's okay, just yeah. I I love it. It's like porn to me. I just like <laughs> eat that shit right up. Wait,
1: what are you doing when you're
0: watching porn? I'm just, just watching just uh, eating, like old stand up videos. Uh, just like from eating the 80s. constantly. Yeah, um, there's a great new documentary just on this. Real quick, uh, we have gone off on so many stand-
1: tangents. I was just trying to bring us back to where we are, but
0: okay called um the comedy store so if you like comedy check out that new docuseries on stan all right bring us back nick
1: i don't remember what it was all
0: right i had on. it and then I'll i lost it ship. it was
1: because we were, we we're talking about music notes and chords and things and then you're talking about tom york and then there was going to be a thing and then we we got off onto a tangent because he went off on something but whatever
0: all right so again it's my fault no well yeah. i'm just saying that you're yeah. the one who no, did it typical. i'm not saying it's your fault typical just that
1: yeah. you were the responsible party i suppose
0: yeah, but it's always my fault. Like you didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't that- say that it was
1: your fault. I'm just saying that you know, you were the one who acted in the way that caused what happened to happen.
0: Yeah. 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 You yeah, of okay, course, sure. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I've been the fool guy for fuck 7 years. I'll happily just keep being the fool guy. That's fine with me. Honestly. <laughs> uh, I'm the stupid one, remember? You know, I'll just go along with anything. Oh, uh, boo, you know. Yeah, that's what stupid people sound like. I think I, I would know. I'm just stupid.
1: <laughs> We've really uh, visited you on what should be a uh, very ego boosting kind of day, and it is clear yeah. that you have spiraled already.
0: I, I, I know this is because I'm, I'm like it's been, I've been, I'm frazzled. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm like the last two to five days for me have been so like weird and topsy turvy and intense and like ecstatic and so weird and like i'm in this weird zone like so i don't i'm gonna say weird shit i don't know it's just gonna have to deal with it everyone can we talk about
1: it at all or do you want to skip this bit
0: yeah well i did i got some exciting news and this is not the second take of this um (laughs) uh uh, yeah it's been a it's been a very good day yeah And...
1: and we hope we can talk about it more at some point yes but uh, in the meantime, I think we should do a shot. Do you feel like a shot?
0: Oh, sh- I have to go get one.
1: Yeah, I don't have a shot here either, but should we go do a shot?
0: Oh, oh absolutely. What are nice you going to have? Vodka. You're
1: going to have a vodka shot?
0: Uh, yeah, Polish vodka.
1: What have you got? I have a shot of gin, which I put into a stronger, heavier, bigger oh, glass wow. so that I wasn't just like doing a shot, you know, a shot glass oh, shot. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like it would just I've- felt felt risky to take just a single full shot glass into my bedroom. Why? I just I've spilt a beer over this desk already this week and But
0: why do you think a shot glass is less because uh, of the surface? Just stability. Area,
1: just stability. This is like a this is a strong glass based <laughs> container.
0: I'm kind of amazed at how much you don't trust yourself in this regard
1: see this is all this is reflective of our personalities isn't it this is me being overly cautious and paranoid and you being I like so. eh,
0: fuck it i'll we'll just i'll see what happens yeah okay that's like i'll i've i've spilt a shot glass many times i'll do it again <laughs> um i'm drinking uh zabrovka Ooh, which is very a, nice bison grass uh, bison grass i have are... a hendrix gin well cheers my friend cheers to good news clink yeah. That is mm. so good. That, that really, that yeah, that tickles. Oh. Um, so yeah, I will be a little bit um, all over the shop. I think today that's good.
1: I'm ready for this. This has been an all over the shop week. I feel like yeah. we're just gonna we've got a lot of good fun political sh- stuff to shit through. Sorry, <laughs> I, this, the shot <laughs> the shot just kicked in very quickly. Yeah, baby, um,
0: woo! So Vegas. let's just let's
1: let's go a little bit. You know. Loosey goosey this week.
0: Let's go um, hard. Okay.
1: Fuck it. Intro. Welcome to Deep Thought. Let's um let's just get right into it. This is a podcast. We love that you're here. We appreciate you. And you love being here because we tell you the stuff you already know. Sitting
0: through the internet with me,
1: Michael. Hey, congratulations. Hey, this, this is thank your space.
0: You. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've got nothing to say. Uh in the future. Just do what you did before. It was way better. Okay. I appreciate that. And my name's Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi.
1: Hi. Hi. No, I, I,
0: you've already said hi, so that was yeah. me. Well, we, we've never gotten the intros bang on. We haven't, like, found, like, a form, which is... <laughs> don't you reckon? Like, we've never found... Like, I interrupt you. We've never found, like, the groove of the intro. Maybe like, 150. Ha- Maybe episode
1: 150, we'll get it right.
0: You know, we, we, you know what we have found is, like... I was thinking about this the other day about one of our older pods that we have, what we have found is like the flow of the chat that happens over, you know, video conference. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I sound really old there, but like, I think we found like an ebb of flow. Like we, we kind of both know when the intro should come in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that we were also like advantageously prepped for the era of the pandemic. Where we had good camera set up, we had a good microphone set up, we know how to use and record Skype, we know how to have a conversation where one person doesn't over over talk over the other or interrupt.
0: Mm. Yeah. And so that's why we... (laughs) You fucking did that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, you did that joke
0: on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to work out if you were doing it on purpose. Yeah um all right so do you want to kick off with uh this trump uh trump. i mean trump it's has... gotta be trump it's we gotta it's gotta let's talk trump uh, i how mean how fun like it's funny but uh it's not funny you're like you're already dancing on his grave you don't give a shit i mean
1: i i am very much of the person who doesn't think that we should be sympathetic to him I think there are plenty more people in this world who deserve our sympathy before him, particularly because it's a a... self-inflicted own. It's not like, oh, he's got cancer. Oh, you know, you should feel sorry for him. It's like, well, yeah, sure, that wasn't really directly self-inflicted maybe. But with this thing, he he did it to himself. And he actively
0: made it worse for hundreds of thousands, millions of people in America. So... If something happens to someone out of ignorance, I think you would give them sympathy. I think the issue here is that he's done it out of arrogance. Correct. And and ego and and, and, and complete like psychopathic narcissism. Yeah, I mean, you kind I feel like t- to be fair to Trump, you're kind of you're wrapping in you know are boxing in all of all of the shit all the peripheral shit that you hate about trump like he's an idiot for not taking covid seriously but i've just i'm just started reading bob woodward's new book um rage and it's so interesting because it starts at the start of the t- pandemic the book starts with with his interviews at trump with trump at the start of the pandemic and trump was very aware that this was a problem. He was just trying to act as if it wasn't. But then, even behind closed doors, he and his staff clearly didn't take it seriously. They they did. They weren't wearing masks. Uh, they're still not wearing masks. Like his fucking medical officer came out the other day on the uh, to talk to the press and they to give an update on on the president's health. And the reporters were like, "How is the president? And why the fuck aren't you wearing a mask?" And he was like, "I'll wear a mask if you want me to." And they were like
1: dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't think you need to wrap in other areas of trump's failings and and abuses to to <laughs> denounce him for this or to not feel sympathy for him you can be entirely focused on the coronavirus pandemic and and have plenty of reasons not to feel sympathetic for him as you said his he knew about it he spoke to Bob Woodward about it and he made a conscious choice not to uh, be honest with the American people about it and why that's the reason you have to ask why did he make that choice because he believed that it was in his self-interest to maintain you know stock um you know the trading um, patterns and and keep the economy boosted and all this kind of stuff which was clearly farcical anyway because mm. the pandemic hit and made the economy crater and go into a recession anyway but mm. he, it was self-serving decision making as all of trump's decision making is so when you come to the point in which because of his arrogance because of his narcissism because he i think probably clinically cannot understand the concept of there being a person outside of himself he, he He makes these choice uh, decisions where he'll go to a rally and he'll speak because it props up his ego. And Mm. he uh, has a fan base which is ravenous and and, uh, anti-scientific and so they don't wear masks. And Mm. as long as they're turning out and shouting his name, he's not going to (laughs) change his ways. And Mm. then he goes to all these places. He doesn't take the science seriously. He misleads the public. And then he ends up in a situation where someone gets coronavirus and gives it to him. I'm sorry. I'm not going to fucking feel sorry for the guy. Literally 150,000 deaths could have been avoided if he'd done shit differently.
0: I feel you. I feel you. I mean, would you feel sorry if he died, though?
1: I would feel sorry if he died because that's a cheap exit. And he deserves
0: and, and, oh my He deserves God.
1: lawsuits and he deserves <laughs> a life in prison. <laughs>
0: You become like a psycho. You're like death is too death is too, too easy. generous, too yeah. generous. <laughs> oh my god! I've, this is kind of scaring me and turning me on a little bit. <laughs> um, but this White House, and it trickles down from the top, has just consistently and laughably wanted to uphold this aura of machismo and strength, and you know confidence that is firstly unsustainable and secondly just not true at all well and thirdly not even believable like this this this, this is the most That's why, strange
1: yeah. thing about the like the trump cultism to me like have you seen those cartoon or like hand-drawn images of trump where he's painted like super ripped with like real muscular with like an eight pack and like he's i don't know Flexing and riding horses and that shit. Have you seen any of that kind of cultism?
0: I have seen that a little bit, but like, is he? Uh, go on. Uh, my point
1: is that there is this is this enthusiasm for this machismo, which mm. is so disconnected from reality. Right? It's he like is Putin. held up as this, you know. Uh, ideal like this idea uh uh, ideal i guess it's the word i'm looking for this ideal presence of masculinity and no bullshit and the physical form and like Mm. classic white straight man like yeah but who who else else? and it's like this obese old like dementia riddled 74 year old
0: so who else does that it's fucking Putin.
1: Yeah, Putin? but at least Putin has some degree of has, physicality. At least, I believe at least Putin, Putin has, put- has killed people with his bare hands, you know? At least
0: Putin's got the bud. <laughs> he's got the bod, yeah, <laughs> you know? He's got <laughs> the shaved head. Yeah, Trump's got nothing. Trump is, he's obese, isn't he? Clinically obese? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm Maybe not according to the, like, medical reports they put out. Can we just say that Trump, like, okay, COVID noted, obesity noted, KFC noted... He does kind of look, like, put, he kind of looks healthy for a 74-year-old. Like, he it looks like he could do shit. Ugh. Like, not, not like, run a race, but, like, I, f- I feel like he looks, he seems like he's healthy. He doesn't truly He can't walk down a ramp. He can't hold I, a glass of water. Don't, you're bringing out little details. Yeah, little details Let's like he can't walk. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're doing what what the fucking Trump people did to Hillary when she like, got <laughs> collapsed in front of the van. like no, babe. you can't you can't pick out little details like that these people are being filmed 24 hours a day 7 days a week you're gonna slip up you're gonna do weird shit Look just look at the way he stands I'm not doubting that he's uh, probably very unfit but I, I
1: think you you're just gonna, said that he gonna was be fit fair. you
0: said he was fit for a 74 year old I'm not... Well, I, I'm saying he looks better than Joe Biden in terms of, phys- like, physicality. Joe Biden can looks like picture, a skeleton.
1: Can you picture Trump riding a bike? Because I can't picture Trump riding a bike. And Joe Biden has ridden a bike. <laughs> so I don't know where exactly you're, yeah. you're drawing this, you know, sense of physical prowess from.
0: I I think that, okay, maybe it's not just physical, but I think there's, like, a mental alertness there like there is in trump there's a mental alertness there like at the debates he was uh and an, truly an abomination um uh, but he was still he was he, he was punchy he was punchy and he was like he had jabs he had a few good one-liners he had a few good one-liners but that's like
1: that's not the only test of cognition though is it
0: no, I'm just, I'm just saying, I think he's like a we're broken, gonna be fair, he's like a broken tr- tape. It's not like Trump is like some slob, like lazy guy. Like he I is, think he is. I don't know where that's coming from. No. Come on. He he, he, he famously he
1: loves McDonald's. He drinks like buckets of Coke. He, sure. it, so it, do I. I, he looks, he looks incredibly unsteady, unsteady on his feet. He is clearly overweight. He's not as tall as he claims to be on his medical report, which I I bring up only because it suggests that some of the other the other, other um, details on the medical report are potentially massaged truth as well. Yeah. As, and his brain is porridge. He can't say words. Like, I just don't know where this, like... Oh, we'll gloss over it a little bit. Is it, it's, He's clearly, like... Uh, 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 one of the least capable, capable
0: uh, presidents that have ever happened. See, if that was Trump, we would have we would have taken that little clip when you said "cakeable," <laughs> and we would have said, "Look at this Nick guy! He can't fucking talk. He should be banned from all podcasts." Yeah, cuz the difference. D- I'm not
1: running the fucking world.
0: Okay, fair enough. Fair and enough. Two, he I, doesn't
1: I, drink, so I've, I'm at a disadvantage.
0: Fair <laughs> enough. But I, I also. I don't know why I always find myself in these positions where I'm defending the fucking devil, but um, I, I, I do know why. It's because I want attention. But uh, but I think just in the in the order of fairness, I think you gonna. I don't think nitpicking details. Anyway, uh, let, let's drop let's drop me being bad at going into bat for Trump. Uh, it's boring.
1: <laughs> the 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 degree to which this trip to the hospital has been so fucking disastrous it is kind of astounding. I mean, it yeah. is remarkable as an, as a historic event. It If like any time a president goes to hospital is historically remarkable, but then there's this added layer of what is true, which is permeated this whole, you know, week or so in which The reporting was not uh, like the White House didn't make statements about it. It took reporters like unearthing things about Hicks for them to confirm it. Then the timeline changed. The doctors were saying one thing and then anonymous sources were saying the other thing. And then he ended up in hospital and he was claiming it was fine. And he was putting out these photos where he was... um, you know, signing blank pieces of paper, and I don't know if you saw, but they put out two photos which were meant to look like two different times, but the data of the I, image showed that I did shot see that that they just apart.
0: reshuffled the papers. Like <laughs> yeah. they they got him to take a uh, one shot in one room of the hospital with like his shirt on. With all these paper, I'm just explaining it to everyone yeah with all this paperwork in front of him and some folders, and then ten was it ten minutes ten later minutes. another shot was taken in another room that looked like and it was the same like materials in front of him rejigged uh, but he had a jacket on as well, yeah, and clearly the intent was
1: like to show yep he's been keeping up you know his presidential duties signing blank pieces of paper, etc, but like this <laughs> whole i don't know veneer of everything's fine is kind of crazy. But then it's
0: it's pathetic. It's honestly, it's pathetic. And then like the worst, everyone can see, everyone can fucking see this shit. Like it's so lame. Yeah. Such a lame president. and such a lame guy. Yeah.
1: But then there's like this, again, it just reveals his like narcissism and his complete like psychopathic lack of respect for other people's lives because He was filming things without a mask on, like filming videos from the hospital room without a mask on. He did his bizarre little death parade in the um, Secret Service cars around the hospital in which Secret Service agents were forced to drive him around and he just rode in the car, which is hermetically sealed against chemical weapon attacks because it's a presidential vehicle which means that all of the air um, circulation stuff was sealed into the car and had doctors saying this is the most um, risk-prone circumstance for the transmission of a virus outside of like a medical setting where you're operating on a patient. But having a person in an enclosed bubble with other uninfected members driving around the block is the perfect way to give two people those, uh, you know, innocent uh, guards coronavirus.
0: Who are these Secret Service guys that that are just agreeing? I mean, they don't work for Trump. They do. They they, literally do. They're the Secret Service. That
1: is their duty. They're sworn to protect the president. They do what he asks.
0: So even if it compromises their own health? Or yeah, I guess they're they meant do, to take a bullet for him, right? What if Trump says, hey, can you get me a, a, a Diet Coke from the service station? Can I don't know, probably, do yeah. I don't know. Um, ah, well, that, yeah, that's well, that's hilarious. And poor Secret Service guys.
1: I mean, legitimately, those people are now infected with that disease and are going to have to go into isolation at the very least, if not recover from a serious illness. Yeah. Um, it is... Well, I'm- Incredibly I'm amazed disrespect. by
0: this uh this uh Kellyanne Conway daughter tweeting that you've been yeah telling me about can you may, i reckon you should just uh give give a little back back uh, info into that
1: well let let me before we get onto the Conways let me follow that thread through one last you know point for the trump thing which is yeah. that he's now left the hospital he's left the hospital while back he's still House. he's back at the White House and he's still infectious he is still within the two-week period in which he contracted the virus all yeah. the science says that this guy is like a viral super spreader it's already gone through about 10 republican congress people and who knows how many people beyond that The white house is not doing any contact tracing they're not bothering to follow up and this guy wanted to go back to the white house because he decided that would be best for his image And then you had this thing where he was saying, like, I've learned so much about it. I went to school about it. I learned more about it than ever. Which, again, narcissism. He only started to really look into it now because he got infected with it. Not for the past seven months when everyone else in the country was suffering. Mm. And he ends up back at the White House and he says, I know so much more about it. You know, I'm so much better informed. And what's (laughs) the first thing he does when he goes back to the White House? He stands there for a photo op and he takes his fucking mask off. He takes his masker. I mean, it is fucking brilliant. Like Shakespearean tragedy. Dude, I
0: was I was I okay, that's weird. I was literally just thinking this is Shakespearean. It is. It is he's now returning to his castle and he's going to kill all the people there. Like it is Oh my god. It's so true. It's it is it is the most poetic justicey thing ever. I mean you can't you can't write that better. I mean he wrote even, it, people it's not even believable.
1: It's, yeah, it's exactly. It's the kind of shit that Zorkin pulls and he gets criticized for being like too like pie in yeah, the sky liberal fan wank, right? Um, yeah.
0: That's but why this... I had a I had a great tweet this week by uh, thanks to uh, Jeff Shadow for being the only one who liked it. <laughs> that the writers of twenty twenty have jumped the shark. Like it's not even believable anymore. It it would be it would be even less believable if Joe Biden now gets it and they I don't like, you know. Yeah it, it's a shit the, show, man. The, the, the crazy
1: thing about the vision of um, Trump taking his mask off, returning to the White House is you can see how unwell he is. He yeah. is f- 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 <laughs> like struggling to breathe, like visibly from a distance, struggling mm. with every breath. He's like doddering. He's like wobbling on his feet. He looks really unwell. Which brings me back to what you were just uh, talking about, the Conways, right? Conways are a fascinating family, right?
0: So fascinating. Kellyanne
1: Conway, who was this mouthpiece of the president for ages, married to George Conway, who was a classic sort of uh, small C conservative, like the original Republican vibe before it went all nutso but like has been an outspoken critic of Donald Trump, even while Kellyanne was actively working for him. Very strange, like dynamic, hard to picture exactly how that works. But so Kellyanne Conway was around the president and got infected. They have a daughter, Claudia. Claudia. So Claudia Conway is, I think, a teenager, maybe like 17 or something like that. She's the daughter of Kellyanne and George, and she has no fucks left to give. She has been on TikTok this week, basically in full view, being like the political insider, um, giving tips to... The it's like if 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 uh, I saw the analogy on Twitter, it's like if Deep Throat was like, "Hi, yeah, I'm um, my name's uh, Claudia, and I'm I I know stuff from the inside, and here's what I have to tell you." <laughs> like that, she, in in plain view, has been undermining or uh, countering the Republican talking points no, for this. She, she she she's doing legitimate journalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just as TikTok. like just as a pissy teenager who who's like annoyed at her mum.
0: But that's the beauty. Of, that's the beauty of it is that she. It's like her being kind of just a bratty teenager, yeah. but it's like she's, she's somehow like converted into this amazing patriotic information service. <laughs> yeah. Man, one thing I'll say for the Conways is you, you know that they are having incredible sex. Ridiculous, ridiculous. So like angry, <laughs>
1: hate-filled, passionate sex. Fuck you, sexy. Yeah. Um, so Claudia. She uh, was first talking about how President Trump's condition was not anywhere near as good as what the the posi- like the like public position was. She was laughing and saying, he's doing terribly, he's uh, on all these crazy drugs, which sort of led a lot of people to think, okay, this condition has probably progressed far worse than what they're sort of pretending it has. But she was basically saying, yeah, no, it's not going well, it's all an act. And... Then the uh, thing that developed today was... Uh, so her mum had be- uh, had got coronavirus and tested positive, but had lied to her what? and pretended that she'd got a negative test and now she has coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. I mean, this, again, like tells you the kind of crazy... I don't know, Republican sociopathy at the moment, where... Her own mother was not wearing a mask around the house, swanning around, pretending it was all negative, when she'd got the coronavirus and hadn't told her daughter. Like Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, so- now now when um, Claudia's going out and, like, posting things on TikTok, being like, guys, he's not doing better. It's ridiculous. Apparently he's doing badly, low, and they are doing what they can to stabilise him. It's like, well, of course, she's fucking pissed off. She got a communicable disease from her mum who lied to her. <laughs> she,
0: she's got every right. But how do you think, like, what are the logistics of letting her have access to TikTok as, a per- as like a PR or a public relations, both of those are the same, um, a publicist person from the White House? Like, how do you allow that to happen? How is she? How have they not shut the her down?
1: well i don't know that she's I, I don't know that there's any direct uh way that they could stop that happening right
0: well what well, she could be grounded
1: <laughs> yeah but that's the thing like it's a parental decision mom. she doesn't work for the White House, but how right?
0: has her mum like this this must i mean you and I are talking about this in the on the other side of the world right now, yeah, they know that this is happening it must be a cause of concern I'm just fascinated that this is Able to slip through the caps, uh, cra- uh, the cracks that she is able to text these highly kind of sensitive things as far as the White House is concerned, and for her to keep doing it is the thing that baffles me.
1: Well, I think you got to remember that there's another parent there who probably sides with her. George hates Donald Trump, but right? Then how
0: then how does Kelly Conway not leave for her family? I. I or how is she not fired? How is she, how is it not that Trump's just like, you got to, you got to, this is my Trump impression. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> Thanks. You want to hear it? You want to yeah, hear it? I'm ready. Kellyanne, you got to, you got to nuke Claudia. She's, she's a thorn in my ass. You got to nuke her. Stop her tweeting. Stop her TikToks. Make it happen. Or you're fired. Yes, not something. bad. Yeah. It's, That's you something. know, a little bit I like think it's, it's better than Colbert's, I reckon. Yeah, Conway Colbert is not it. a good impressionist. Yeah, no, he doesn't try it, but that's, that's fine.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know the answer to that. Maybe in the future we won't see as much from, from Claudia, but mm. uh, right now she, of all of the Conways, who are, you know, all variously unreliable, she is the one with whom telling the truth most aligns with her personal goals, right? Mm. You know, Kellyanne Conway's goals... And telling the truth are uh, sort of in <laughs> opposition to each other. And even George, to a certain extent, like he's still got a very much a goal of having a different Republican in power. But as the kid with, like I said, zero fucks, just yeah. angry at her parents for getting her infected with a disease and now forcing her into isolation, telling the truth to embarrass both them and. The president, who she hates for getting her infected with the disease, is completely in alignment with the truth, right? Telling her truth and her goals match.
0: And it's hard not to read this as a symbol or a representation or a metaphor of the times that a a 13-year-old teenage girl is actually... uh, I think she's like 17, tr- yeah. truth to power. Yeah. Uh, on behalf of the world, from the inside, essentially. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. It, it's, you know, it is bizarre and remarkable that she is, like, the best source, <laughs> source of truth for what the fuck is going on at the moment. It's, I mean, it's even if... A-
0: it's both depressing and fucking awesome. Yeah. You know? But
1: even as doctors, like, imagine being clearly such a capable doctor mm. that you've ended up tasked with the health care of the president of the United States, right? You must be top of your fucking class. Mm-hmm. And then imagine ending up in this situation where you're having to obfuscate the truth or avoid questions or not speak to the severity of the issue. Imagine the like moral questions that come up where it's like, okay, what's my duty as a You know, I I swore the Hippocratic Oath. I have a duty of confidentiality to my patient. Uh, I I must act in his best interests. Versus his duty as an American citizen, as a citizen of the world, to accurately represent the capacity of that person to lead the country. When you have mechanisms like uh, the 25th Amendment, which uh, replace presidents who are unable to exert their powers with the vice president when you have like real legalistic executive branch kind of questions like that
0: imagine trying to juggle that dichotomy there there's such a disconnect i agree with 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 how do how does someone you need to have a certain amount of passion uh and uh understanding or at least respect of the truth to even get to the level of doctor and get to a high level of doctor and then to just abandon that uh, right at the end or when money talks or something, you know, it's just, it's just, it's unreal that, that someone could get so far. It's like, it seems to me that people who get to that position in the first place are fueled by a sense of truth and then to throw it away when, they reach the top is, it's it's baffling and it's really disheartening. As a slight tangent here, um, and it will be slight. I was it just reminded me. I was listening to a podcast, uh, Adam Buxton podcast, and he was talking to Robbie Williams, the singer, and he was saying that he Robbie Williams is like a song and dance kind of pop guy. You know, he was not well respected by artists, but he's you know he's made a lot of money. And he was saying that David Bowie was his absolute idol like he was his he was god and that's why he got in that's why he became a singer but then he joined a boy band and and then kind of things got away from him but people when they get to that level they they get there because they they the first thing is that they they love the thing like in in this case it's the doctor they love to help people they love medicine and uh just with this Robbie Williams example, he was saying the day that David Bowie died, he was absolutely devastated. Like he was literally crying. He'd never met him. He was devastated. And then that day, a Rolling Stone article came out that was like the last interview with Bowie and and Bowie specifically slagged off Robbie Williams. And he said, I don't know know how this guy has ever made a living. He's a hack, blah, blah, blah. And they published this post- Mortem, yeah, if that's the word, and Rob Williams is describing on this podcast being in mourning of for David Bowie, and then hearing that davy David Bowie hates explicitly you after the fact that he died, he was like it's like there is no more, there's no further down to go oh. anyway that that was that was a tangent, but yeah i I agree with your point that like it's hard to um, it's hard to accept that people can be so good at their job technically and then and throw it throw it away do you is that what you think that they do these doctors do you think they throw it away for power? They well, like the proximity to being the president, so they'll happily be a spokesperson. but I guess there's probably a line of those people down the block who are willing to do that you know yeah
1: i don't I don't know really the procedure through which people end up at Walter Reed because it is plausible in my mind, you know that... So much of the American uh, structures and systems are more partisan than you know our worlds tend to be in. Like the idea that the uh, legislature appoints judges, and so then you have you know the Supreme Court being a real partisan fight between you have a left and a right leaning judges. That's very that's anathema to us here in you know our democracy where it's internally promoted to some respect Mm -hmm. um so i don't know whether the case is that at walter reed when trump came in you know he got to like futz with the people in that facility and choose okay i want my doctor to be this person or that person and so he ends up with hyper conservative doctors who are probably very good qualified doctors but who may be politically aligned with his um you know policies, and so when it comes to a situation like this, where they're asked to disclose information uh, on behalf of the nation or from the press, um, he finds himself aligned with Trump's wishes more than his real duty would be. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's as simple as oh, I'm going to throw it all away when I get there just for power, like. I I I'm if a little a bit doctor, more sympathetic to the idea that he's caught between a rock and a hard place in terms of his duties.
0: If yeah, I I think you're probably right. But if you're a doctor, like why why does anyone know about your political views? Like
1: uh, it's true. I, I, that's speculation. It, it's it's a good point. I, I'm not sure. It just could be that you know it's self-selecting the people that want to help trump at that facility raise their hand right i don't know
0: i think it i think it's closeness to power i think it's enticing like if you even if you think if you you but what power can this doctor get okay well let's boil this down to like a microcosm version i know i i know you know if you imagine if there's like the bully of the of you're in high school there's a bully and he's mean to you every day, and then one day you get this like you get he compliments you or like not compliments you, but like he he lets you in a little bit. That's like your head. That that feeling of yeah, I fucking hated this guy, but now I feel like I got like a little bit of of his acceptance. That I think that is what we're seeing in the White House is kind of a manifestation of that. That people are getting kind of chuffed. Like maybe they don't agree completely with the president, but the proximity to power is just so enticing.
1: But also that's like abusive relationship dynamics, right? Like where a person is completely shitty to you and then gives you one sort of bone. You're like, oh, maybe he's changed. And then he's shitty to you again, shitty to you. You know, I think that you can look at someone like Chris Christie, right? Who was sort of within the campaign and then ousted from the campaign and then shat on that you know, Trump hates him and has slagged him off and Chris Christie keeps coming back to do things and then being like ousted or blamed for things mm. or treated as a joke. And now the latest thing is he's got coronavirus um, yeah. as a result of this thing. And it's clear, it's absolutely clear that Donald Trump could give two short shits about Chris Christie, right? Sure. Doesn't care for him in the slightest. No. And yet this... This guy, who's clearly, it's clear to everyone else around him, that this is this is not a pathway where he's going to get anywhere. This yeah. guy keeps going back. He keeps going back. So there is
0: something about that, like, stockholm <laughs> syndrome, right? yeah. And it, I guess, uh, Michael Cohen's another interesting example because he's doing the rounds now and he's actually served time for doing the president's dirty work. And and he, I mean, there is a certain. I don't know if you've seen uh him on Seth Meyers or doing the rounds on the kind of left-wing media outlets these days he is he's kind of a charismatic guy like he he did some really bad shit but there's there's a real charm to him and he's he's completely upfront and honest about it. he was like yeah I was totally in that circle and I got swept up in it and uh I almost lost my family and kids over it and he's like quite honest about it and he's even said that I think Seth Meyers asked him, if you, were, if you weren't caught, um, you know, by the feds or whatever, would you still, or if you weren't thrown to the wolves by Trump, would you still be in that, in that, th- swept up in that? And he said, I probably would. I'd probably still be there. And so, I don't know, I don't know how much weight you, you give to that, but there's there's a certain charm there to me. Well, that's the, that's the cultism of it all, isn't it? It yeah. really reminds me...
1: And, and he he describes it as a cult. But it, it reminds me of the kind of manner and the upfront sort of truthfulness with which uh, ex-Scientology members talk about it, like Leah Rimini and that kind totally, of stuff. They totally. They have the exact same language and same uh, self-reflection and same, like, I did some fucked up shit kind yeah. of yeah. Uh, yeah. approach to it. And it's like their form of... They've exited, and now it's atonement, and it's like PTSD, and they go through it with that
0: same, you know, mannerism. Totally, and you, I, I, I get it. Like I get, I, it, it's comprehensible to me to uh, how you could get swept up in that. It totally is. I mean, I, I think we we get up, we get caught up in many cults of our own, you know, on in day to day life.
1: Yeah. The um to circle back to this this doctor guy, so the specifics of his medical condition were being asked of him, um, and the press was saying, well, why are you giving him this um, uh, dexamethasone, which is like a real like heavy duty? One of my friends, Chloe, um, was who's a nurse, is uh, was talking about dexamethasone and sent through the um, description of that the, the New Zealand Nurse Association uses or um, like the little fact sheet and it's basically a palliative drug like it has such severe psychiatric effects in terms of mania um, you know delusions and that sort of thing that it is medically recommended to only be used in end-of-life patients because the consequences of the psychological (laughs) um, impact of it all are so severe that it's not recommended unless the person's basically going to die anyway.
0: Wait, so Trump has
1: taken this Trump has taken this drug for his um breathing. And that's one of those things where it's like, okay, you're saying that he had very minor symptoms, but then the press would ask him, "Well, you know, did you see a drop in blood oxygen levels? Did you see, you know, pneumonia in the lungs and these kind of things?" And he would decline to answer. And I just find that question of of your loyalties so fascinating right like there is a duty to inform the public whether the president of the united states is of sound mind and capable of you know utilizing the powers of his office and he
0: he doesn't see it as i don't i i I guess that he doesn't see his job as a service he sees it as winning or losing it's a game you're talking about trump I'm talking about Trump, sorry, yeah. Uh, he it's just about winning or losing. And I, I my my guess, my armchair psychoanalysis of him would be that he's like, okay, the election is just another game. And I need to get this many points and this many points to win, and he's just seeing it as a game. He's seeing it like the stock market or something. Like he's a he's a media savvy businessman. Like he's he's done a lot of shitty things, but he does have some talents he's got doesn't he he has a talent in uh
1: self-marketing he has self-marketing. a talent in 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 public relations Absolutely, uh, it is it is kind of a he's he's utilizing the dark arts of communication theory right he sure. is he is able to very succinctly communicate a message which riles up or uh, encourages a fan base that yes. is a talent of his i wouldn't say yeah. that he is even interested in this in like a game i don't think <laughs> he's he's competitive no. i think it is all self-interest and the self-interest for him is the longer he can stay in office the longer he can defer uh lawsuits the longer he has to potentially pay back his 421 million dollars in
0: loans do you think longer... that's hold on hold on do you... I? i heard sarah, sarah, sarah silverman making this argument do you really think that's why he wants to stay in office? I mean that is to me that's projecting. Like like yes, like is he actually going to go to prison if he gets out of office? Yeah. Do you think that's the, really the motivation. He yeah. doesn't want to be in prison so he wants to be president. Yeah, well that's his only options, isn't it?
1: It the, like cuz the moment he gonna, that he, the moment that he, he loses office, to- the moment that he loses office and becomes a regular civilian, then he opens himself up to lawsuits but he from... doesn't
0: become a regular civilian he's he does still tr- he's a media mogul he's yes a, no he's yes, a tycoon
1: he's a bi- yes he's a millionaire yes he's a tycoon
0: in the eyes of the law you're in saying. the
1: eyes of the law he is a normal person and the you know state governments and that kind of thing can just drop a series of lawsuits on his desk um, alright it is uh, a very real possibility wow Um, wouldn't that be something it would be incredible and Um, what do you think
0: what do you what do you think about this uh that he won't leave
1: well this is so this is sort of the secondary threat right is he has framed this election already as the only valid outcome that he will accept is him winning so any outcome in which that doesn't occur is fraudulent or rigged and he won't uh, he won't give in. He won't resign. And I just read an article today, actually, running through a multitude of options in which literally the American democratic experiment could just stalemate and 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 end up failing. Uh, mm. it, there's a whole degree of nuance in it. Maybe if you're interested, I'll put the link in the um, in the chapter title of this part because it is a hefty. Um, hefty long read but there are very real possibilities that well it it is almost guaranteed that we will not know the outcome of the election on election night due to the fact that there are so many mail-in ballots this year because of the pandemic right Right. but trump has tried to frame things such that all of those mail-in ballots are um, fraudulent or undemocratic, and the only count that matters is the one on election day, which favors Republicans who don't believe that the pandemic is real and who will go out and vote more at the polls versus the more rational, in this context, Democrats who are more likely to be staying home, sending in the mail-in ballots, doing things more safely. Sure. Um, and so there's this uh, uh, phrasing, uh, I forget what they call it, like a blue... A blue surge or blue a blue flip or something like that where the concept blue is wave. the blue wave I think is used to describe an overwhelming on the day of election surge of democratic votes in right. which it is uncontrovertible that he's lost even on election day based on the polling data from people uh, on okay. site. So the idea of a blue wage is basically that's that's what everyone has to hope for in terms of getting him out because only if there is you know a 70% on election day biden vote will it be basically uncontrovertible, incontrovertible that he that trump has lost and and that's what everyone is hoping for i think i forget the the terminology so forgive me uh, but the, the there's a concept with like a blue flip or a blue shift or something like some some terminology like that which is basically explaining the reality of those two uh, distinctions between the in-person voting and the mail-in voting, where the the ballots counted on the day from people who voted at the polls on election day are more likely to be red, uh, Republicans, and as they then go through the mail-in ballots and count them in the days and weeks to come after that, they are more likely to blue, so the overall tallies will shift from the red to the blue, and things which looked like were Republican won seats will end up being Democratic won seats. Right. So that that process is what Trump is going to try and interfere with, and basically disclaim that all of those uh, uh, late coming votes, which are perfectly yeah. legal, mm. are invalid, and well, try and hold on to power.
0: It's kind of genius, isn't it? He's he's basically. St- Basically saying, uh, he's he's basically just discrediting discrediting one. The electoral process exactly. And if you do that, I mean, if he wins, then he obviously accepts the victory. Yeah. If he loses, then he challenges. Like it's 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 it's, it's like and it's fraudulent and it's it's disgusting. It's like fascistic,
1: authoritative, like kind of creepy, crazy genius
0: yeah like and uh, i'm a i'm a big i'm a big like bill Maher's a big smug piece of shit but i i love his show and he he has really been banging on about this for a year he was like i think trump will not leave the office and it's becoming it's starting to feel like it might become true
1: yeah i i think there will be i mean this is this is one of those predictions where i really hope i'm wrong but I feel like in in the course of like two podcasts time we will we will have had the election right and we'll be able to tell. But I I genuinely think it is going to be a fucking shit show. It is going yeah, to be man. historic in the most unsettling end of democracy kind of terms. It
0: already is. Like it it already kind of is.
1: The only I mean, here's <laughs> I do want to talk more about this electoral stuff a little bit longer. The only thing that could actually avert this kind of craziness while simultaneously making it a thousand percent worse is if Trump dies in two weeks time. Because that is a non-zero possibility. It is legitimately possible that Trump could die in the next fortnight. Before our next podcast, the President of the United States could succumb to coronavirus.
0: Right. So I read a Vox article that basically outlined what happens, kind of if that happens. Actually outlined all these different things. Yeah, can you tell me
1: what's the process then? So does Pence Uh, become President and then automatically the nominee? Okay.
0: So, set myself up for failure here cuz I can't remember what they said. <laughs> but what happens if the president is too sick to do the job? The 25th amendment explained. Okay, so um, that's
1: that's not necessarily if he dies, is it? 25th is just as if inc- if he's incapacitated.
0: If he's incapacitated coming up to an election. I don't know, like I'm just going to be skim reading this, Nick. I'm not really good at that and I'm a little bit tipsy. Okay. But I think I think they th- they basically said that Pence Okay, so if oh so how about this? So if Trump were to die in office, Pence would become president, then to get no- then get to nominate someone else for Vice President subject to confirmation by both the Republican controlled Senate and Democratic controlled House. Uh-huh. Um so theoretically, if Trump were to become badly ill, he could invoke Section 3, send a written declaration to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Grassley, and yep. then Pence would become acting president, but Trump would still technically be president, and he would take back his presidential ty- powers anytime he wants, booting Pence back down to VP. Okay. Yeah,
1: that is interesting. It doesn't it doesn't answer my curiosity about what happens if Trump dies. Does Pence then automatically
0: end up on the ticket? Well, uh, you would imagine that be- Pence becomes president, president picks the VP, VP. with the house vote. Yeah. Um that's what you would imagine, right?
1: Yeah, but that that again, it doesn't state necessarily whether or not just because he becomes president he automatically ends up on ballots because you gotta you gotta understand here at the moment something like three and a half million votes have already been cast in this election from early voting right Right. so people have voted for trump if trump dies in two weeks time what happens to all of the votes that have already been cast
0: Right. Does Pence yeah.
1: automatically get substituted into all those things? Do the Republican National Committee have to re-up him as the presidential candidate, but all of those ballots get discarded and they start again? Do they count yeah. a Trump vote as a Pence vote? Because I don't think that makes democratic sense. You no, can't be like, oops, doesn't. it's someone
0: else. Yeah, that's interesting because it's interesting that that American politics seems so... Focused on the individual, and you don't really get that much in Australia. I don't know about New well, Zealand. Well, it's the but... political
1: system here, right? You vote for a party, not a leader.
0: Well, is that the same in Australia? Yeah, that's, feel, no, that's what I'm same. saying.
1: That, that's what it's here in Australia and in New Zealand. You vote for a party, the party chooses a leader. That's why you have things like, you know, Gillard and Rod, you know, ousting each other, or Abbott and um, mm. uh, Morrison and um, Turnbull, you know, like all this stuff changes because the party decides who's leading the party, which is who, who leads the country.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking uh, about this the other day that American politics has never been more partisan uh, than now. It's, it is, it, it, the left, Is further left, the right is further right. And what's kind of nice about this time as someone living in Australia and and in Australasia, is New Zealand part of Australasia? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, we're happy to have you.
1: Oceania? Oceania? Ocean. Yeah. I've never known how to say it.
0: Uh, I only know it from FIFA. Oceania? Um, Oceania, I think. But there's an IA Uh, at the end. Okay, it doesn't matter. uh, Who cares? Um, That. It's not partisan down here. Like you, you don't like not in a, in American families. You know, people grow up; they like know that they're a Republican family from the age of six. Some some people, but you don't really get that in Australia or New Zealand.
1: Uh, I I would
0: push back on that a little bit. Well, I think there's definitely, not not, it's not okay. to the,
1: It's not to the same extent, but there's definitely, you know, you think about, you know, we we, we grew up in a a. Private school family, right? There were definitely people around us that were uh, raised by, you know, long in the tooth, liberal, conservative, um, uh, like capital L liberal uh, families, whose kids inherit those politics and and they grow up in a rich environment and they go on and lead rich lives and then they inherit that sort of loyalty, right? Sure. I think it does exist. It's just that it the does. It does. That, political yeah, say- system of Australia facilitates a more bipartisan approach to democracy than the American system does. The, the Australian guarantees that everyone gets the vote, that um, you can do preferential voting flows where you can pick all the minor parties that you want and all this kind of stuff, all that sort of safety net there ensures that even the crazy partisan side of australian democracy is kind of balanced out by a a more moderate um pressure as well whereas the american system is so ham it's it's really difficult to actually call it a functioning democracy because it, it there's so much voter suppression there's so many you know voter id laws there's gerrymandering there's the electoral college there's like Trump is uh, actively tried to hamper the postal service because the postal service will deliver ballots. And if the ballots don't get there on time, then they don't count like so many facets of that system are functionally broken, that it kind of, I think because there isn't that sort of equality Mm. among every civilian of the United States, it it kind of forces that partisanship further and further apart.
0: Yeah. I, I, that was really well put. I think, um, I always found it I always found it kind of fascinating that my mum um shout out to Mum I'm about to slag you up um oh. that was so like she's so against when you talk to her she's like so contemptuous of the Republican party in the United States, but she's so she's a liberal voter and she has been for most of her life and it, it's like I just can't help but feel like it's just the shit that she consumes like media wise uh, and maybe it's maybe it's the type the, the her friends or the people that she talks to around her age but to have contempt for the conservative party in the United States and then to not adore but to despise the de- essentially the equivalent of the democratic party in Australia seems a little a little bit to me like a disconnect do you have that with your folks uh,
1: possibly. I, I mean, my dad is very much anti-Trump. He finds it... Both my parents, for that matter. Uh, but they they find it um, repulsive, really, the, the 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 state of America over there. I think that there are... You think are,
0: there's an equivalency in the American Conservative Party and the Australian?
1: I think there used to be. Right. But I
0: think... I think that that
1: has drifted away a little bit. Like... Like, the American conservative movement at the moment is, like, it's 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 hyped up on this cult mentality for a leader who's clearly unfit, clearly doesn't actually espouse the actual conservative ideals of that party, right? Like, he, he's just a figurehead who kind of do what he wants, but which has enabled them to, you know, get more conservative judges or pass some legislation, right? But... Mm. That that is basically like a a cult, as we've talked about it. It's messed up with all of the QAnon conspiracy theories stuff. It's it's all of this like insane gun rights stuff. It's uh, very socially conservative, hyper religious. None of that flavor really appeals to my parents, right? Like they're not hyper religious. They don't think guns should be legal. Um, they uh, presumably want capable leaders with you know, classic um, conservative economic policies of, uh, you know, trickle-down economics and that kind of thing. Though that, you know, my dad's been getting into modern monetary theory a bit, so who knows these days. But, um, like, I, I the ideologies between the current Republican movi- movement over there and what mm-hmm. the Liberal Party over here is doing is kind of the difference between old Republicanism in the US and you know, Trump cultism, and yeah. I don't the think... The sense it...
0: I get from your folks, and maybe perhaps from mine, is that there is, yeah, like you said, an ideologically uh, ideological opposition there between those two parties, but then it's like a fiscal conservatism that people down under seem to have, or at least boomers down under seem to have.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, there's... They are socially liberal in a number of ways as well. Like they support yeah. me as a gay person. They voted yes to the um referendum or no, not the referendum. The um plebiscite. So yeah, they they uh, they share, I believe, that sort of classic republicanism, but that's not where it Yeah. That's not where they are now.
0: Yeah, I, I think yeah, America seems to be um at ideological civil war right now Um, i mean it's kind of i saw
1: someone describe it this way recently and i found it both terrifying and incredibly insightful they said that america is in a cold civil war totally in, in that there is this ideological disagreement between the two partisan extremes and to be honest, even the Democrats, they're fairly centrist left, right? They're not even crazy. There's there's some members of them like, you know, Bernie who want to push further left. But really, it's just fairly mediocre uh, leftism based on an international sort of context. Yes, um, but, but Nick, c-
0: can I just interrupt you there? Because I think... I don't think the... the um... I don't think that the left there that you're speaking about you're speaking about the left pushing f- further left in terms of Bernie Sanders pushing for socialism but I think what is happening on the ground level is that people are seeing the left as also not not so much socialism but the the social elite and you're going to hate me saying this but like cancel culture and all that shit and all this like uh, anti PC shit, like that. That's that to me is where the war seems to be held. Is this kind of uh, anti PC? I mean, this is a microcosm, but anti PC versus um, you know, anti PC versus uh, political correctness, and, and it's it's almost like a race war that's happening in, in the United States. You know, it's identity politics is kind of fueling all this shit. I disagree.
1: I don't think that's the real fundamental disagreement between those wings at the moment. Maybe it's an aspect of it. Um and maybe it's one that you're familiar with or um you know exposed to a lot, but I think that the the fundamental difference between the two parties as it currently stands is the difference between democracy and not, right? The Republican Party is a minority based on all kind of uh, views and polling data. They're a minority of their beliefs, but they believe that they are owed the majority, right? And why so,
0: why do you think that?
1: Because that's that's what they do. They are that they, they
0: are, but, no, I'm saying why do you think they think that they have entitled? they are entitled?
1: Because because they believe they're white? that their historical uh primacy when it comes to getting to have the final say getting to make decisions being treated as the only real citizens of america should continue into the future at the expense of the equality of women people of color you know blah 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 so that their their historical beliefs as to their supremacy look to to use the word (laughs) is is such that they fight against things like voting right they fight against their own civilians getting to have a say because they know that if everyone got to have a say they wouldn't be in power right so the 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 primal conflict between these two parties is effectively that of democracy versus autocracy to some extent right to the idea of a minority getting to have Control of a majority of the Supreme Court, uh, you know, hold on to the Senate. All of these kind of things where they do not actually have, um, you know, broad popular vote sort of majority. And the democratic position is it should be more equal, right? Everyone should get to have a vote. The electoral college is bullshit. The uh, uh, gerrymandering is is rigged. Uh, we should listen to the majority of people when we enact our policies. That is the fundamental conflict here, right? Between we should be in power and that we're the only valid ones who should be in power. And the democratic opinion, which actually includes and incorporates the idea that sometimes we won't be in power. That's that's what the fight of the right. Democrats is at the moment, right? It is to preserve right. democracy in the sense of, yes, we'd like to take back control so that we could make structural changes here. But fundamentally, right. we accept that sometimes we won't be in power. But if the people have their say and everyone is represented, then that is the will of the people and you get to be in power for a bit. That is functioning democracy. yeah. And that is the, the, the cold civil war here between we refuse to give up our toys and okay let's let's share things let's let's act like like civil human beings here
0: yeah that's in, it's it's interestingly put um, yeah and that makes a lot of sense do do you think that so how could the electoral college be abolished it has to be agreed on by both parties it's kind or of did- it's a
1: it's a big ask, it, I believe, because it's a it's a part of the Constitution. It requires it a supermajority. It of... has
0: to be while the Democrats are in, are in power, surely.
1: Yeah, it would have to happen that way. Interestingly, it, it almost happened like 40 years ago while Republicans were in power uh, because they... Uh, I can't remember the circumstances. I think Reagan almost signed something into um, power to abolish it. Um, and it was considered quite a bipartisan thing. It was like, ah, this, this isn't working. We should get rid of it. But then it got sort of stymied and it hung around. Um, but the electoral college thing is complicated because as a part of the constitution, uh, it needs a super majority in Senate and the house, I think, or maybe it passes in the house and a super majority in the Senate in order to make a change to the constitution, which is unlikely, The interesting workaround, and this was something I'd been following slightly for a little while, um, is... So the Electoral College... uh, uh, This is a bit of a tangent, and I don't want to spend too much time on it. But for anyone that doesn't know, the idea is basically that rather than going by first-past-the-post system, where the majority of votes for, say, candidate Donald Trump or candidate Joe Biden is added across the entirety of the country, and the person with the most votes wins... They instead have like a referred system where each state has a certain number of uh, electoral college members. Uh, I think there is 538 in total. That's why 538, the website, was named 538. And to win the majority, uh, uh, to win the presidency, you need to win 270 votes in the electoral college. Those electoral colleges are assigned per state so I think California has 55 and you know other smaller states might have three four five uh, that sort of thing the problem comes from the disproportionate allocation of those uh, electoral votes to the uh, number of uh, people living in each state so a place like California has 55 electoral votes but they also have millions of people, whereas a place like, I don't know, Arizona, which is basically desert and has 4 million people in it, but gets three or four um, votes, the proportionate uh, weight of a voter in a rural area versus a voter in a densely populated area is so much higher, which favours republicanism.
0: So is it proportionate to... Area and not population. I'm not sure the exact math through
1: which electoral votes are allocated per state. I don't know, but I do know that it is disproportionate uh, as a population. So, like I said, a, a California voters, um, vote is effectively one-tenth the power of a Arizona vote. Because the three, these are all made-up numbers, but the three electoral votes that are rural you know central american state gets uh is a higher you know uh, the number of uh votes you get as a member of that state is is higher right. than you would get in a densely populated state
0: but there are statistically more people who align with Uh, The Democratic Party than the Republican Party. Correct. In America.
1: This is how you end up with the Hillary Clinton thing, where Hillary Clinton got three million more votes. By the will of the American people who turned up to vote for one of those two candidates on the day, three million more people wanted Hillary to be president. But those voters were in the wrong place. Those voters were in places where those electoral votes were already confirmed or, uh, uh, you know, devalued and the small number of rural voters in the centre you know or in these swing states ended up getting that 270 required to be president. Anyway, the whole point of that was to explain that there is this weird kind of compact which has been um, set up uh, in which... A whole bunch of states have signed into law the idea that if every other state or a minimum number of states also signs this act into law, we will ignore the uh, uh, electoral college system altogether and basically donate our votes to the most popular nationwide candidate.
0: So it needs to be done at a state level and not a federal level.
1: It has to be done at a state level. Wow. So I think something like... Tw- it's called like the National Electoral College Compact or something like that. Don't quote me. But it's the idea ring-tank. is it's very clever, actually. So once enough states sign on to this, con- uh, this concept and enact into law a bill, the identical bill such as they represent more than 270 electoral votes, right, that's the the minimum threshold of the Electoral College, once enough of those states have enacted this policy, then the law basically turns on for everyone, and that then binds each of these states to ignore the uh, votes of the individual state and favour the popular vote result nationwide. Right. And then they are compelled to vote in accordance with the popular vote nationwide. And because they hold more than 270 votes, they thus can decide the presidency based on the popular vote. It is right. kind of genius. I don't know if I explained that clearly enough. Do you follow no, what I was saying? I, I was
0: following. I was following yeah. and I'm pissed, yeah.
1: It's kind of amazing and, and like a genius way to avoid having to change the constitution, which yeah. requires this crazy uh, supermajority which Republicans would stranglehold on the Senate would make very difficult to do and enable mm-hmm. the will of the people to decide the elections it's kind of amazing and they're getting surprisingly close i think yeah. there's another two states that are about to sign on at this or have it up for the um election this um, coming year and then another two and another couple of years as well and at that point you're starting to get very close to that 270 mark so it might be something that actually does come into effect
0: you, you think so. It's kind, it's kind of akin to what we talked about last week with day, daylight saving. It's like this redundant thing that just still operates. Hmm. It's like daylight savings, the electoral college, and signatures. Man, <laughs> get, get rid of all those three things. There's like redundant, archaic things that have just somehow hung around in our society.
1: Well, I mean, it's funny you bring that up, but uh, John Oliver last night was talking about signatures because uh electoral like mail-in ballots are being rejected for not matching the signatures that people on have on file and signatures you know my signature looks like one thing one day and another thing another day and so when people have validly you know signed a form but done it in a different way to what the government had on file their <laughs> votes are being thrown away um so it you're very much correct that the signatures. Uh, within that category of thing to throw away,
0: yeah, you you had a you had a. We talked about this months ago, maybe years ago, but you had a great. I can't remember what the what the bit was, but it was it was that you know it's just like a, it's like write your name, but do it do it with your own like flair. <laughs> and it's just like do it like a little squiggle, you know. It's so stupid. Like we're obviously not going to have signatures in fifty years' time. Like it seems so stupid that we have them now. I feel so stupid. Every time I write a signature, I'm like it's I don't even remember. I don't even remember what my last signature was. How am I gonna remember what this was it's I don't know. Like it's only so that like if if it comes if it if push comes to shove and we end up in court that will get some like is it a stenographer that will be able to analyze my J's? No, stenographer just
1: writes down what happens in a court. But I know what you're talking about. Like there's like a handwriting expert or whatever. But that's such bunko right. science anyway.
0: Idiot. Uh, is it? I don't even know. It's just so it's so silly. There's a lot of silliness in the world. Luckily, you've got deep foot to ground you. Yeah, and so. if you want
1: more of this kind of stuff, you can just scroll down in that uh, old app feed. Why don't you pick out like an old episode? When, what, when? You know, if you scroll down in that feed and you're like, "Oh, that's the earliest episode that I listened to," why do you why do you keep scrolling? See what else <laughs> is <on>. down there.
0: <laughs> Not too old. Please. Not too
1: old. <laughs> you know, stick to the like the fifties up. <laughs> but
0: this um, up, yeah, we might have to talk about uh, archiving. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Uh, but uh, there's plenty of other ways you can interact with us. You can send an email to deepfought at gmail.com and, and send your comments and suggestions. I got a lot of feedback about the uh, brown foods hypothesis, and everyone did loves you, it. You did. Everyone loves no, they, it. I haven't checked know. the mailbag, but I do believe that everyone loved it and agreed, and there were no complaints.
0: Well, we did a poll on Instagram, and it was, it was a fucking landslide, dog. It was well,
1: a landslide Well, Instagram, you know, what is that? That's not scientific. Um there no one has been able to disprove me in a food combination yet. Uh Twitter.com slash Deepfort, Facebook.com slash Deep Fort, Instagram, Deepfort, SoundCloud Deepfort, uh and head on to Apple Podcasts if you haven't been there in a while. Click the old five stars button, leave us a review. It you
0: know, it's a very nice thing of you to do. I thought I'd give a little update on the uh, old weight loss situation. Oh yeah, we, uh, I got a lot of messages about uh, this whole weight gain thing. Uh, some supportive, some not so supportive. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought I, I thought I would read uh, just a couple of messages that I received, and because this fr- is quite uh, a oh,
1: personal thing that you revealed on the sh- on the show, it
0: was I revealed uh, on the last episode that I had. I found out that I had gained 7 kilos aka uh, two chihuahuas uh-huh. J- I think well probably more um,
1: than two chihuahuas they're quite small I
0: think it, I actually think it was three chihuahuas and two cats yeah. worth of weight yeah. um, during quarantine
1: been, you, I mean you're in lockdown
0: Look I I got a really nice message from uh what I Think is now officially my best friend Sean, who was he sent me the, like the most genuinely supportive message. Aww. He was like, Do not feel bad for yourself. Like, he, he even gave me his weight gain as a comparison point. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and he was like, You know, you, you, he was very supportive. Um, and I thought I might just read out some other uh, messages of of support that I got. Oh, yeah, um, lovely. here's from. Here's one from um, from Katie, uh, who who I think listens most weeks. Uh, she sent me a lovely photo. I don't know if you can see that, Nick. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh... It's a photo of a model, and uh-huh. it says, um, "Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels." <laughs> yeah. Um. So she sent me that as it's a, quite... I assume, as supportive. Uh,
1: yeah. I think it, maybe it's like reverse psychology, sort of support. Yeah. Like you meant to take it sort of ironically.
0: Yeah, so thanks Katie I think we can for... give her the
1: benefit of the doubt there I think that's still supportive
0: You know what, um, I know Katie very well And uh-huh. I don't. I really don't think we can give her the benefit of the doubt there I, okay. I think I know exactly where she was coming from Okay um, So thank you Katie And Maybe uh, I, got anna- I got another message of support from uh, Dave Weber Oh yeah, uh, the, you
1: and... just sent him that cup overseas Like quite an amazing kind of beautiful gesture, right?
0: I said it I was really nice, and he sent me a message after listening to the last episode. All it said was, you fat fuck. Okay. So, thank you, Dave and Katie, for um, for keeping me going and keeping me honest, and uh, I appreciate all the support that's poured in. And uh, update, it's been two weeks, Nick. Uh-huh. I'm 83. I've lost two kilos already, baby. Wow, that's that yeah. seems unhealthy. Have you... Why? Well, well. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I realized, and you might you might poke holes in this, okay? Because Emma, Emma poked a lot of holes in it. But nice. I realized that sometimes, and I'm not condoning this. I'm not a doctor, but sometimes if you only eat once a day, you the next day you drop weight, like you drop weight. So the other day on Friday, I only ate. I ate. I bought this shitty frozen pizza, and I know that's bad for you in itself. I bought this shitty frozen pizza, but I wasn't hungry. I don't get hungry around breakfast time. I get hungry around 1 p.m. maybe. And I had one slice of this frozen pizza, and then for the rest of the day, I just didn't eat. The next day, I weighed myself. I had dropped two kilos. <laughs> that's, so, that's
1: that's deeply worrying, actually. <laughs> it is. So,
0: But I've maintained it. So it's it's just held off. Okay. So I think I just needed one day of starvation. uh-huh, And that that kinda does it. So I feel like if you I mean, as as I said before, I'm not a doctor but clearly, if you don't eat, if you don't eat, you don't gain weight. Yeah. Um I would
1: like to offer the counter argument, which is don't do that. Anyone, please just, just watch what you eat. Don't eat like greasy foods or frozen foods and cut back your calorie intake in a measured sense. Maybe eat sort of 70, 80% of your normal intake and avoid those you know, chocolate bars. And I think you'll find in a measured manner with a degree of you know, positive exercise and that sort of thing that you'll uh, be able to work towards that goal in a much more sustainable and healthy fashion rather than this kind of fad diet. Um, Goop bullshit.
0: Just just find what's right. Listen to Nick, listen to me, and find what's right for you.
1: Yeah, or just listen to me, maybe, Um, medically speaking. Um, So, I I would recommend not that from Michael. Uh, But that's just me. That's just me. Um, Also, not a doctor. Um, That's funny. But probably more informed.
0: I guess, You're, famously, you you are you are arguably more of a doctor than I am. <laughs> like, I even know. though you have no qualifications, you are more of a doctor than I am. I don't I, know that I, that counts for anything. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs>